If you're ready for the word this morning, say, I'm ready. Uh, Junior year of high school, that summer before junior year, I remember working hard and saving up my money uh, and looking through the newspaper, the classifieds, that's back before all of the Facebook marketplace. And I was searching Craigslist to find a vehicle. And I found a 1994 fire truck red F-150. Yeah, I was hot stuff. It was really rusty, and, uh, but it meant the world to me. $1,100, and I had this truck. It was loud, had a 302 5.0, had the Flowmaster exhaust. I would roll through town with the windows down, hair flowing in the wind. I had hair down to my shoulders, fun fact. I'll show a picture sometime. Uh, and and I, thought I, was, I thought I was the real deal. What I didn't know at the time is one of those windows would actually get stuck in the down position, and I would have to hit it to, you know, get the window to come back up. That truck had all kinds of issues, and actually the passenger door didn't even work. Uh, my friends that would ride with me would have to enter and exit through the driver's door. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you. It was all good until I started going on dates, and uh, that was really embarrassing, having the date enter and exit through the driver's door. I loved that truck, but interestingly enough, that truck had a lot of issues, uh, a lot of things wrong with it, and oftentimes the check engine light would come on on the dash. It would blink at me, and, and I would know that I need to go take it and and get some tests run on it. And, you know, at that time with vehicles, you didn't really know what was wrong with them until you took it in and got someone to run what they call a diagnostic test. And they would plug it up to a little little scanner, a little reader. It would send you a code. And on that code, it would tell you what was happening within the truck. It, you know, it was an ignition coil failure or a spark plug malfunction. And, and you would see the light come on. You would uh, assess the situation. And then you would go address whatever was going on with the vehicle. And I was thinking about that truck. made me really happy. I was trying to find a picture to show you all today. I couldn't find it. But a lot like that red F-150, I've learned in my life that my words, the things that I speak with my mouth are a lot like a check engine light from my heart. The words that I speak typically can tell someone what is going on underneath the hood, underneath the surface within my heart. If you're taking notes this morning, would you write this down? The title of the message is Watch Your Mouth. Tell your neighbor, say, watch your mouth. If you told a stranger that, I'm sorry. It's interesting, when you go into the doctor to get an annual physical, one of the first things they'll ask you to do is to open your mouth and stick out your tongue. It's weird. I've never really understood why that's the case, but I was reading about this, and the tongue is often the indicator of how the rest of the body is doing. Doctors can identify infection within the body by simply looking at the condition of someone's tongue. The tongue is a a check engine light, and just so you have a heads up this morning, this message today uh, is not one you hear and you're like, let's go storm the gates of hell. This is one It's like, man, I really need to challenge and address some things in my life as a follower of Christ. I'll say it this way. This message today is Listerine for the Christ follower. It stings a little, but it's going to make you better. Amen. 
the Bible says in the book of Matthew, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in my heart ultimately will show itself through the words that I speak. Uh, so we know if, if something, if we want to know how heavy something is, we go find a scale um, and we can, we can see how heavy it is. I'm not looking forward to that measurement on Monday, but I'll find out what it is. If you want to know how tall or how long something is, you can get a ruler or a tape measure. Or if you want to know how cold or hot something is, you can get a thermometer. If you want to know how fast your, co- your car is going, you can look at the speedometer. If you want to know the condition of someone's heart, just listen to them speak. Just listen to the words that come out of someone's mouth. James tells us in chapter 1, as we approach week 3 of the Wisdom from James series, to be slow to speak and to be quick to listen. I've learned in life, you can learn a lot by hearing how someone talks about themselves, right? You can learn a lot by how someone talks about others, and you can learn a lot by how someone talks to their kids, how they talk to their spouse, how, do they, how they talk to the ones they love and the ones they despise. Why? Because our words, hear me today, are the check engine light for our heart. Words often give us a look under the hood, and our words, I want you to know this, they are not an accident. Our words are not a happenstance or a coincidence. Our words ultimately come from somewhere within us, and I want to talk about that today. Nudge your neighbor and say, make sure you take some notes today because I'm going to need them later. All right. When I first got into youth ministry, I, I loved, uh, still do love ministering to high school students and college students. But one thing that was always challenging for me was talking to middle school students. Uh, I know we've got a few in the room. Y'all are hard to talk to. I'm just saying it's, it was it was awkward. It's, I tell people all the time, if you can preach to middle school students, you can go preach to all ends of the earth. It's just, it's a weird age. I was uh, speaking, this was year one of uh, being in youth ministry, and I was talking to a group of 30 middle school students, and I was a little nervous. I was excited. And uh, one fact about me is I've always been a passionate person. So it doesn't matter if I'm talking to 500 people or three people, you're going to see the same level of excitement and boldness and passion. I know y'all have realized this if you've been here long enough. I'm, it's like, Seth, you're a little extra. I don't really care what you think, right? I, I love preaching the gospel. I love talking about what God can do with a broken individual and change their lives. I was about to get started talking to these middle school students, and as I walked up to a table very similar to this one, I was talking to someone, so I didn't really see what was going on under the table. And I walk up to the table just like this, standing over the top of it. What I did not know is that as I was beginning to preach, there was a middle school student latched around the bottom of this table. He was hiding. I knew all the students were acting a little funny, and I began to say, God, I came out swinging. God can change your life. Doesn't matter what you've seen or said or done. I was going for it. And I'm in the middle of saying, in the name of Jesus. And right before I said Jesus, this middle school student reared back and punched me right between the legs. <laughs> and uh, that was the first time I found out how far you can punt a middle school student. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did not do that. I was so mad, and I'm not proud to tell you, but the first thing that came out of my mouth was not praise. It was the opposite. It was my first time cussing in front of students. And uh, 
had to send out parent communication. I'm sorry for teaching your kids. Um, it, was a, it was a weird time. I'm still recovering from that to this day. I don't know if you've ever been laughed at by 30 middle school students after enduring the pain of childbirth, but it's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of pain. I want to ask you today, if, if you were to get squeezed today, if you were to get caught off guard a little bit today, what's going to come out of your life? Maybe it'll happen when you leave this place. Maybe it happened while you were here or on your way or whatever life may throw at you this week. When you get squeezed, what comes out of your life? James has a lot to say about our words. James teaches how purposeful and also how poisonous our words can be. James chapter 3, we're going to camp out there this morning. He begins with a warning in chapter 3. He addresses anyone who handles the word of God, pastors, elders, Sunday school teachers, life group leaders, youth leaders, anyone teaching the word. This is a great reminder. He says, not many of you should become teachers. My fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James takes a moment before he talks about what we say, and he's helping us understand that if you teach the word, there will be a time that you are judged more strictly. Why is this the case? This seems a little extreme. It's not actually. Because if you're teaching someone, you're instructing someone, you're giving someone understanding of some of something. You're, you're helping lead them in a direction. I'll say it this way. Our responsibility to teach the word, we should do it prayerfully and very carefully. A non-believer or a new believer that has very little understanding of the word of God is very impressionable. Would you agree? And so it's important where we lead someone, how we communicate. You are either steering someone towards Jesus or you are steering them in the opposite direction. He starts this whole chapter off this way and he goes into verse number three. He says, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is also a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. James gives three examples. I want you to take note of these. A bit, a rudder, and a spark. It's interesting. These are not all the same, uh, the first two I'll explain to you. A bit is a small piece of metal in a horse's mouth. It can stop them on a dime. This large animal that can move 30 to 40 miles per hour, it can stop them right in the, the moment. A rudder can, can turn an entire ship. And a large, massive boat. Have you all ever seen these cruise ships and these cargo ships? This small rudder underneath the surface is what guides them and directs them. But a spark, a spark it's interesting it's a small little flame. And all it takes is a small little spark, a small little flame to set something ablaze. Would you agree? 
It can cause so much damage, so much destruction, so much demolition. I was, I was actually sitting next to a little fire recently in our backyard. We've got this little fire pit with a friend of mine, and, and this little ember floated up into the air, and it landed on a bed of leaves, and I pointed, and I said, that right there will preach. And he, the guy was sitting there was like, What? And I said, that, that's going to preach a good sermon because if that's left unaddressed, the entire fire department will end up showing up to my house if it is not addressed. It's interesting. A bit and a rudder are used to direct. A spark has the potential to destroy. So we can build up or we can tear down with our words. James 1, 26 he actually says, those who consider themselves religious, serving God, doing God's work, but do not bridle their tongues. They deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James is reminding us today that something so small can lead to so much pain, so much damage, so much heartache if it's left unbridled and unguided. Would you write this down? This is really where we're gonna camp out all morning. Speak life, not death. Speak life, not death. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about this. Whoever guards his mouth, they preserve their life. He who opens his, wide his lips comes to ruin. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Meaning if you talk a lot, you're going to end up saying something you shouldn't say. But he who restrains his lips is Wise, I love Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. When, when I got saved, I didn't have a lot of things going for me. I'm just be honest with you. I was really trying to learn the word. I was trying to learn how to live for God and how to show people around me this, this decision that I've made, this God that I serve and I made a simple decision early on in my, my faith journey that I'm gonna speak life and not death, that I'm gonna do my best as a broken individual to speak to people's potential. I, I learned I can build people up or I can tear them down. So I'm gonna build them up. I enjoy speaking life. And, and this is kind of a principle that I've applied in my life. I never assume that someone knows the good things about their life, so I remind them. I never assume that someone knows their best attributes, their strengths, the things that everybody else sees. I make sure to tell people when I see that. I think this is just a good thing to apply to your life. Never assume that someone knows the good things about their life. Remind them, encourage them, speak life to them. I'll even say it this way. Even if something is not yet true about somebody, I'm still gonna speak potential to them. I'm gonna speak life into them because that's how God sees them and it's what can come. But here's the reality is that oftentimes in our life, typically someone's greatest strength can be their greatest what? Weakness. And so just as much as I can build people up, let me tell you, I have the ability to absolutely obliterate somebody with my words. Anybody else this morning? Oh, y'all are perfect. Okay, that's awesome. We have the ability to speak life or speak death, to build up or to tear down. Let me ask you this. Has anybody ever gossiped about you before? Maybe spread a little rumor, 
look, they, maybe a joke that went too far. Somebody started telling somebody else about something you did or said or didn't do, and they told somebody, and they told somebody, and then you find out all these people are talking about you, but nobody's talked to you. Isn't it the worst feeling ever? Gossip. I like to say it this way. Gossip is a lot like grenades. They're, they're explosive. They're, they're corruptive and destructive. And I'll say it this way. Listen, if, if, if you see gossip as a hobby, there's way more fun things to do with your life, okay? You could take up basket weaving, water polo, checkers. There's like all kinds of stuff that's way more beneficial. Gossip is this. It is simply telling someone something about someone else that does not have the power, the authority, or the ability to change the situation. So when you go to somebody and you're telling somebody about someone else and that very person doesn't have the ability, power, or authority to change that situation, it's gossip. So oftentimes Christians mask gossip as prayer requests. We pray for Billy. Billy, smoking the reefer again. It's like that person ain't praying for Billy. You're just trying to tell somebody what Billy's doing. <laughs> We, we do this, we, we tell other people things that have no power or ability to change the situation, speak life and not death. Why? Because our words have power. Did you know this? Our words have power. People will often say, well, you know what, Seth? I just say whatever I think. Yo, have you ever heard this? I just tell it how it is. I just speak the truth. I don't have much of a filter. Listen, you probably ain't going to have much of friends either. I just lay it all out. I'm an honest person. I just, I just tell the truth. I just tell it how it is. Listen, the Bible calls that foolishness. <laughs> because a wise person does not tell all that he knows. And just because you feel it doesn't mean that you should. And just because you feel it doesn't mean that it's true. So one poor word choice can cause quite the fire in your life. I love uh, Smokey the Bear said it best. Only you can prevent forest fires. And there are people in this room right now, and you are one word away from burning your life to the ground. One conversation away, one email, one text. Maybe it happened over Thanksgiving break. I don't know, but I'm telling you, our words have power. We have to be mindful of this, a few weeks ago, we said you gain influence in drops and you lose it in buckets. You wanna know how you lose it in buckets? With your mouth. You lose it by saying things and speaking a little too much. Verse six, it explains it. It says, the tongue also is a fire, a, word of e a world of evil among all parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And it is itself set on fire by hell. What does this mean? As kids, we said this uh, silly saying, or maybe you've heard this, it sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never. Would you agree that's a lie? That is a lie. That is the furthest thing. Why do they teach kids this? Because the reality is your bones will mend over time. But I've learned that a broken spirit due to somebody else's words can take a lifetime to recover from. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. No, your words have power and your words can absolutely cause the most pain in someone's life. Man, I, I've, 
had people sitting in front of me in my office in counseling that are recovering from 20 years of trauma due to one thing that was spoken over them as a kid. Most of the counseling I've gone through has been recovering from words that were spoken in me years ago. Why? Because words have power. Words have the ability to build up or tear down. And did you know that even our joking, telling jokes, well, it's just funny stuff. I was just joking. The Bible calls it coarse. I love a good laugh. Don't get me wrong. Y'all know that about me. But coarse joking is a joke with a little bit of truth. That y'all, y'all ever seen like a little bit of truth in there? It's like joke with, a sand, with sandpaper on it. 50 grit. It'll take some skin off. It'll cause a little bit of pain in your life. And same to be said about sarcasm. I'm just going to get on a soapbox real quick. I've heard people say, well, sarc- I'm just a sarcastic person. Uh, sarcasm is my love language. I just love sarcasm. I'm a, I, we're all just, we just, man, we just, we, listen, sarcasm, this is what the word means. It's the ripping of flesh. This is what you say. I just love inflicting pain on people. That's my love language. Be careful with sarcasm in coarse joking. I love what Proverbs 26 says. It really explains it like a madman who throws firebrands and arrows in death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, well, I was only joking. I was just, y'all ever seen, I was just kidding. I didn't mean to hurt, but you hurt him. I was just kidding. Another way to say it, it's like, imagine this. There's a guy standing on top of a building and he's got these giant boulders and there's people down below and he's rolling off these boulders and they are smashing people down below. I don't mean to be graphic. Actually, I do this morning. They're smashing people. And then you holler, I was just kidding. Well, the dude under the boulder didn't think it was really funny. (laughs) And what I have learned is that we often will tell jokes at the expense of someone else. We have to be careful with our words. The Bible says that we will give an account on judgment day for every idle word that we speak. What does that mean? An idle word is a word that does no good. It's a word that's not ministering grace or instruction. Every word has a cost. Every word is a transaction. We are either adding value to someone's life by the words we speak or we are taking value away. James 7, it goes on. He says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and they've been tamed by mankind. Listen to this. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Another way to say it is we got a better chance of taming a lion and a bear than we do taming our own tongues. I'll break it down for you personally. You have a better possibility of taming the barking dog down the street that all of you complain about in the neighborhood group text or group chat or whatever. You got better luck at taming that dog. You have better luck taming the cat that hates the entire family. That cat, no one likes, it's just like, why is this cat here? You have better luck taming that. Y'all, as humans, we are capable of doing a lot of pretty incredible things. I was looking up, we, we, can, we can put together sounds and create words and languages. There's 7,100 languages in the, word in, in the world and counting. 
We have imaginations that can create inventions to solve world problems. We have the ability to predict the weather with our body parts. Y'all ever had a sore knee or an ache and elbow? That's called getting old, but also, you know, when it's going to rain. I was reading Ripley's Believe It or Not yesterday. Y'all ever read those books, the Ripley's Believe It or Not books? I, man, I miss those. I was looking at it online. There is a guy, this is a true story, that ate, he ate these things. 18 bicycles, TV, t- uh, seven TV sets, two beds, twin size beds, very specific, 15 supermarket trolleys, a computer, a coffin, a pair of skis, and six chandeliers. That's just stupid. I don't know why that's in there. I, we can do some crazy stuff. Y'all ever heard about Joey Chestnut? That brother ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I'm not inviting him to Thanksgiving. Steve Woodmore can speak 650 words per minute. That's four times the speed of most humans. And most of you believe your spouse can compete with that. (laughs) Listen, as humans, we have the ability to do some pretty incredible things in our own strength, but James makes it really clear. And I wanna make it clear. We cannot tame the tongue without God's help. We have to have God's help. So here are the facts. The tongue is inherently evil. The tongue cannot be tamed by humans. And the tongue can be tamed by God. So there is hope. And he explains to us in this next verse, verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. He makes it really clear. He says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So why is he talking about all this nature? What's going on here? He's saying nature cannot even do what the tongue can do. Salt water can't come from a fresh spring. Figs don't come from a grapevine. Apples don't come from orange trees. But somehow our mouths can praise God on a Sunday morning and curse somebody on the way to work on Monday, including the pastor, okay? We have the ability to speak life or death. So I want to ask you again the question we asked at the beginning of the message. When you are squeezed, When pressure is applied to your life, what comes out of your mouth? I was reading this article about fig trees, and they don't produce fig newtons. It's a myth. Um, You can call a fig tree an olive tree, and it's still a fig tree. Did you know this? I'm going to really break this down for you today. You can call a fig tree an olive tree. It will not make it an olive tree, and it will not produce olives. You can trim a fig tree and make it look like an olive tree, and it's still not an olive tree, and it will not produce olives. You can treat a fig tree like a fig tree. You can call it a fig tree. You can trim it like a fig tree. You can treat it like a... You could even surround a fig tree with a lot of other olive trees and it still ain't going to produce olives. Why? Because it's a fig tree. I'll even go to... This This is extreme. Just go with me. You can move a whole tree, a fig tree, to the Mount of Olives in the Bible. You could plant it there. 
and call it a fig tree and it, or call it an olive tree, it still is not gonna produce olives. Why is this the case? Because we, we, we cannot produce the fruit that is pleasing to God with our lives until we are made new in Christ Jesus, fully surrendering to him. It's what we talked about last week. God wants our surrender. He wants all of our life. When we fully surrender to Jesus, we fully surrender our speech. And that's why he's saying we need his help. He wants to help us and he wants to help the words coming out of our mouth. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Our tongue is the check engine light for our heart. If you wanna know where someone's heart is, you can listen to the words that they speak. I've learned this in my life. If there's garbage coming out of my life, it's because there's garbage in my heart. There's garbage that I'm taking in somewhere Listen, if your heart is full of God's worth and God's word and his, his, his worship, listen, when you get squeezed, nothing but good things will come out of your life. Y'all ever met somebody like that? It's like, you, you, you can't get them to be mad. I get mad about it. I, you, you can't get them to be upset. Have y'all ever met somebody like this? You just got, they're just sweet all the time. They're kind. All, sometimes I'll just mess with people, try to get them to just be mean. Listen, I love, I love being able to produce the fresh water that God talks about in John chapter seven. Jesus, he stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare that rivers of living water will flow from his heart. That's what happens, you get saved. When bad things used to come out of your life, good things are now flowing through your life. And then when he said living water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would would be given to everyone that believes in him. I don't know about you, but I want fresh water to flow from my life. And I pray that fresh water would flow from the church as well. At the end of the day, this is the fact is that every time we speak, we are either agreeing with God or we are agreeing with Satan. That's a pretty bold statement, right? Every time we choose to use our words, we are either agreeing with God or we are agreeing with Satan. We are speaking life or we are speaking death. We are speaking a blessing or we are speaking a curse. Our words have the ability to hurt other people. Would y'all agree? Our words have the ability to hurt ourselves. But the more that I've prayed about this topic, the more that I've realized our words have the ability to hurt God as well. I'm gonna read this in Ephesians chapter four. One of the quickest ways to grieve the heart of God is by opening our mouth a little bit too soon. It says in verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Listen to this. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. My grandma used to say this. So in the famous words of my grandma, Meemaw Donna, this is what she would say. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Many of you have heard that, right? If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. The beginning of this year, 
We spoke a message on our words, the power of our words. I told you about a friend. Uh, he wasn't a friend. Um, I actually decided not to get close to him. You'll understand after this story. His name is Demetrius in high school. Uh, this guy uh, would sit at lunch all by himself at this picnic table. We, we had this outdoor area where people would go and eat lunch and hang out. And uh, Demetrius would sit at this picnic table one day. And uh, th- there was a, the school bully, this big dude, walked up and, and he would always pick on Demetrius. And we had just got back from the summer and uh, he, was, he was standing over the top of Demetrius and he was smacking him in the back of his head. All of us were around. There was lots of people watching. Nobody would really intervene because this was a big old dude. And he's smacking Demetrius. He's insulting him. He's smacking him. He's making fun of him. And then all of a sudden, this 20 seconds in, Demetrius jumps up. And at this point, this guy's talking to his, he's laughing, talking to his friend. And he plants his foot on this picnic table. And he does like a roundhouse kick. I don't know what it is, but he planted the side of his foot on the side of that dude's face. And that dude dropped to the ground. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. It would go viral on TikTok if we had video of it today. (laughs) Demetrius, this dude sat back down and ate his lunch. The dude is laying, the other dude's laying on the ground. I'm like, I will never mess with that dude ever. We didn't know Demetrius was like a black belt, triple black belt, whatever it's called. And he knew exactly how to kick someone, when to kick someone, when their guard is down, to inflict the most amount of pain. And what I've learned is, man, Christians especially, we know exactly what to say, exactly when to say it, exactly how to say it, especially with our family members. Can we be honest, you guys? Some of y'all maybe at Thanksgiving, you're like, yep, I probably need to apologize for that. We know exactly what to say to inflict the most amount of pain on someone's life. Sticks and stones, yeah, they'll break your bones and words can absolutely destroy you. Why? Because our words have power. Our words have power. We can speak life or we can speak death. I'm guilty of this. I've hurt my bride. Most of the fights that Kendra and I have been in have been because of the words that we speak. Our kids, when we have gotten frustrated, we've said things that we don't mean. We've said things to our parents, our our loved ones, our friends. Because here's the reality, whatever we are full of will ultimately come out of our life at some point. Because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Psalm 119 and verse 11, I love this. It says, I have hidden your word. God's word, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. My prayer is that we would hide God's word in our hearts so that we also would not sin against each other, so that we would speak life to each other, amen. I believe we all can do this as a church. We've all got a step to take. I kind of figured the room would be as quiet as it is this morning talking about our mouths watch yo mouth. I wanna ask two questions. If you would close your eyes across the room. We've been asking these two questions throughout the series and I wanna ask those again today because I believe wisdom from James, this practical book of biblical instruction of how to live a Christian life. I want us to ask this question, say, God, what are you saying to me? Just right there in your seat between you and the Lord. God, what are you saying to me? And then the second question is, what do you want me to do about it? Just you and the Lord right there, no distractions. This isn't for your neighbor, this is for you. God, what are you saying to me? 
And God, today, what do you want me to do about it? I just want to pause so you can have a moment with the Lord. He wants us to be changed every time we open his word. He wants to refine our lives. He wants to correct us or redirect us, encourage us. And my prayer this morning is that we would all make a change in this area. We can all apply this to our life. If you would, so just quietly stand to your feet across the room and just wanna stay in this moment. I wrote down some scriptures that I wanna read over you this morning. And I'll, we're gonna close a little bit different today and just kind of a posture of gratitude and a posture of just reflection. Reflection, maybe on the words that you've spoken in the last couple of weeks, maybe something that you spoke or something that was spoken to you years ago and you haven't experienced healing. I wanna pray some of this scripture over you. So if you feel comfortable just opening your hands out in front of you, this is simply a posture of giving away or, or receiving something from the Lord. And I just want you to receive this. Close your eyes across the room. I wanna pray this over you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let our conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that we may know how to answer to everyone. Please God, keep our tongues from speaking evil and our lips from telling lies. God, set a guard over our mouth and keep watch over the door of our lips. God, we know that your word says too much talk leads to sin. And so help me know when to speak and help me know when to listen. The mouth of the godly person gives advice, gives wise advice. Wise words bring many benefits. God, help us seek wisdom in our speech. We also know that the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. God, help us bring healing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help guard our mouths, Lord. Help us pause before speaking. God, help us use wisdom with our words. God, we want to enjoy many days of life and we wanna keep our tongue from speaking evil and telling lies and gossiping and slandering. God, our words have the power to speak to a mountain and it be cast into the sea. So don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. God, help us guard it, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. Because if we claim to be followers of Jesus, but we do not control our speech, we are fooling ourselves and our faith is worthless. God, help us in this, Lord, we love you.